back, everybody, to another installment of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast. This is episode 49, and today, the Schmidt is out, but I happen to have a special guest here. You've probably seen his products floating around my page an awful lot. It's my good friend, Nick, also known as Strap Habit. Nick, what's going on tonight? Hey, how's it going? So thanks for uh, coming along tonight. Um, anything new and exciting with you going on? Yeah, just enjoying the weekend. Uh, it was a real nice fall day, starting to become fall here in Ohio, and uh, just hanging out with the family and stuff today, and uh, just put my boy to bed, and uh, looking forward to having a good talk. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I got to say, this is the first day I wore a sweatshirt. I don't know if that's depressing or not. I usually enjoy the, the sweatshirt weather, at least the light sweatshirt weather. You know, it's a little little versatile. You could go back to t-shirt if it's too cold, uh, too hot, you know, put sweatshirt back on if it's too cold, but heavy sweatshirt weather is not me. I'm a, I'm a warm, I'm a July baby. So, uh, okay. This is a decent time of year, but once it gets winter, I, I, I get a little miserable. So I don't, I don't yeah. know if I gotta, I gotta do a little transplant action or what, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of feeling yeah, the same way as you. <laughs> Great night. Uh, here I didn't get out of work too late. So that's awesome. We could record this super stoked about that. Um, as we do on this show, uh, I'll run down a couple new release releases that I happen to take in throughout the week that I thought were at least interesting or noteworthy. Um, Ben Riss, kind of an interesting brand, you know, people know it as a, a heritage military brand and now they're kind of back with a, a little bit of a vengeance. They've been putting out some new stuff. Uh, they released a diver that was a callback to something called the sea Lord, which is apparently a very coveted Ben Riss model in the vintage community. Obviously, Benris is a bit of a deep cut. Um, I don't know if everybody knows every model they've ever made, but apparently this one's pretty desirable. So they're bringing this back. It's called a Sea Lord. It's a 300-meter diver. Comes in around a 1000 to 1100 bucks, And it's got a lot of the, the cues people like, 39 millimeters, uh, not too thick, pretty sterile, like doesn't really have any crazy markings, but you can get it in green, you can get it in black. Kind of a cool release. Um, what's your take on this bad boy? Yeah, I, I've never uh, been hands-on with a Benris watch, so I don't have a lot of experience with them, but I, I was looking through the photos. It looks like the case finishing looks to be pretty nice, and the, that bracelet design is pretty cool. It has kind of like three finishes on it there. Um, so, yeah, and the colors are cool. I kind of like that shade of green that they're using. Yeah, almost... Uh... A little bit of like a hulky green, which is, I guess, nice for people who uh, miss the boat on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But it doesn't look like it's trying to be one. No, it's no, not got at all. its own unique look to it. Yeah, almost like if you're into that like Baltic micro brandy kind of look, but you're not such a micro brandy person, maybe this is your watch. I don't know, but yeah, pretty affordable. I mean, it's got a, a kind of a generic Eta clone in it, a Soprod movement. I know those are used by uh, Zodiac as well, so I, I think they're decent enough movements i don't think they're bad so um kind of cool kind of neat 20 mil lugs so perfect for all your pretty standard straps out there which is great you know yeah. uh, 21 millimeter pelagos action there but uh yeah nice 300 meter diver for a thousand bucks i mean you're not gonna get that every day so that's kind of neat um it's kind of it on that but I think overall pretty decent release uh yeah the size um is interesting too 39 millimeters and it you know, 13 is fairly thin for a dive watch. So it's probably going to wear pretty well for most people as well. I thought so. I thought so too, honestly. And, uh, you know, for, I guess for everybody who kind of likes that black Bay 58 ish feel, I think this might be right in that same wheelhouse. So that's kind mm -hmm. of a, I think that's kind of a good fit for them. 
a more unconventional drop from, I guess, a brand that I, I can't keep out of my mouth because I just enjoy them so much. Uh, the Seiko, I guess they're cocktails. They're, it's the, for the for the reference number of people out there, it's the SSA 455 J1 and the 457 J1. One is white, one is red. And it's these kind of weird looking, they almost have like these textured snowflake dials, but they have these cutouts in them and then exposed rotor. As much as I enjoy Seiko, the cocktail line, all that, I don't know if this is a hit for me. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel the same way that that kind of cream color, the dial texture looks really cool and the yeah. color looks good. I'm just not really into the, the cutout dial myself either. So apparently it's supposed to mimic the ripples in a cocktail. I guess like if there was a something dropped in it, you would see. Okay, I could see that. That's, see, I didn't, I didn't know that until I had to look up. I was like, let me see exactly what this is supposed to be. Because to me, uh, it read kind of like crop circles. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was thinking true. like the, the Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan dial. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But uh, it's your, you know, your standard cocktail time, uh, the newer cocktails, at least the all the same dimensions, 40 and a half mils, uh, your 41 hour power reserve, all the, the stuff we're used to just with a very kind of esoteric dial. I guess it's for somebody. I just don't know if it's for me. You know, I know I know a lot of people like to talk about the watch industry doesn't make watches for watch people. They make them for kind of normies and see if they stick. And I get that. And I guess that's kind of probably who this is geared more towards yeah i could see that i mean people you can kind of see some of the movement in there it's gold underneath and has kind of a unique look to it so yeah i could see somebody else being interested in it yeah and that comes in around 500 and i don't think anybody pays 500 for these it's usually like 300 on the gray market or on ebay or something so but if this is your thing you know knock it out the park that's that's all good but uh i don't know if it's a hit for me personally Moving on, a little housekeeping. Uh, big thanks to actually to you for hooking up with the uh, employer match on our donations. The little till on the Real Men website now reads over $6,000. So that's a big round of applause there. Awesome work. And you had mentioned that we also have a few thousand in sales still to kick in. So we're looking at five figures here, my friend. That's a pretty tall accomplishment. Because the straps are killing, I think people are loving them, and uh, I know you're wearing yours now. I oh yeah, it's a it's a huge hit. I gotta say, like I, I think we've talked about this at length. Like we didn't really know what to expect coming into this. We we were like, all right, this is gonna be a fun little initiative. Definitely, our friends will pick them up, and a few people here and there. But I mean, to have to restock three times, it's been a uh, quite the journey, huh? Yeah, I know it's been wild because I remember, you know, when we were first first throwing around the idea. And I, I said to you, just to get an idea of where to start at, I was like, you know, how many of these things do you think we would sell? And I think you said, oh, maybe like 50. Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I, I started out with 150 just so that we could order uh, or so that we could sell, you know, a couple of different sizes for people. And it was just crazy how fast, you know, those, those blew out. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, so we're at, uh, a little over 4,300 right now that I still owe to kick in plus I think 1500 or so that, that we did uh, earlier in the summer. And then when this next round comes, you know, if they go as fast as the rest of them did uh, you know, it's going to be pretty good, I think. Yeah. And then, so. you know, I think also once you get your Nomos giveaway up and running, you know, that'll probably fuel the flames a little bit more as well. So. 
Yeah, really hoping to kick it into gear this month. And uh, that is coming. It's just, again, I'm playing a little bit of the, the back and forth game with their social media. And I don't know if anybody's in the in the corporate email world, but things don't always travel at the speed of light. So sometimes it takes a day or two between correspondence and it's going back and forth. But I got some pretty dope shots of it. And I'm looking forward to sharing those and uh, hopefully really making this a, a, a tremendous effort this year. I mean, it already is, but I... I'm curious to see exactly how high it'll go. So that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it too. But enough about the stuff that is usually on Rich Cheese Radio. Let's get to the stuff that is exclusive to this episode. So, uh, Nick, the fact that I have you here, I guess let's make this a little bit more about you. Um, kind of this generic softball question everybody gets lobbed. Um, how'd you get into watches? How'd you become a watch guy? What kind of drew you to the hobby, I guess? Yeah, I, I think um, I think I kind of had that in me all along, even like as a kid. And I kind of needed something just to make me like really dig into the hobby, which is which is kind of what happened. I mean, even, you know, growing up, I always wore watches. And I, I remember um, when I was in college, I, I uh, went to Germany and I had this it was like an analog digital, just cheap watch from some department store or whatever. And I figured out I could set the times independently. Oh. So I kind of almost had like a, like a poor man's GMT that I figured out. And I didn't even know what a GMT was, but I was kind of just into those using little features of watches and stuff. And, you know, when I graduated college, I bought myself a Nixon watch, which I thought was a nice watch at the time. And um, so I had some friends, what really kicked it off or got me, you know, heavy into it, I guess, like I had a couple friends that started getting engaged and their fiancés bought them a watch. And my, you know, now wife said, Oh, well, you know, if you, if you ever get engaged to me, I'll, I'll buy a watch for you. And, and, and uh, so I'm an engineer and I'm always like trying to figure out what's the best thing out there. And I didn't want to pick the wrong thing or, you know, get something that was wrong. So, so I kind of started doing some research and trying yep. to learn, like, how do you, how do you know what a good watch even is? And at the same time, I'm, I'm shopping for engagement rings. So I'm going to all these jewelry stores and <laughs> making a walk past the watch, you know, stand as I go by and stuff like that. So, um, you know, kind of started learning and getting into it that way. And then, um, I remember uh, I came across, I mean, everybody, it seems, gets started with Seiko, right? And I, yeah. I remember I was watching this YouTube video of a monster, and they showed the sweeping seconds hand and kind of explained how a mechanical watch worked. And that's when it just clicked for me, like, oh, this is this is what I'm going to be into now. So, um, you know, I started reading all the watch blogs and stuff like that and, sure. and learning about it. And and uh, so here I am. Yeah, it's cool. That, that uh kind of figuring out the GMT without a GMT is a pretty big flex for like a non-watch person. I feel like that's uh not only is that pretty like uh, industrious on your part, but that's also like, if I was in those shoes, I'd be like, this is pretty pimp. Like I can track dual zones without knowing that that's a thing already. <laughs> yeah. 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 It worked and, uh, out well. Cause you know, when I was calling people back home and stuff, I would know, you know, what time it was. So. Yeah. And actually you mentioned Nixon uh, just, complete happenstance uh, my wife was talking the other day about somebody she met through like a pd at work and his kid's name is nixon and the guy threw out the tidbit he said it's not named after the president he's named after a watch company i'm like i have to get in touch with this person and find <laughs> out exactly the story behind this because like that's kind of obscure to name your kid after a watch company yeah like, yeah i don't know you know i don't i don't know if there's uh 
little kids running around named like James Cameron or stuff because of watches. But hey, yeah, yeah, it's better than if his name was like Day Date or something, I guess. So (laughs) (laughs) totally true. Um, so what would you say were some, I guess, gateway pieces uh that really hooked you? Because I know I always talk about like the turtle that got me, and then I got into luxury and I bought a Pelagos, and I always repeat them, but like at the same time, that was those hold such near and dear spots in my heart because they really, they sunk the claws in me. Like I, I can't get around it. It's like a first girlfriend, you know, like you, your first uh, love interest, you get pulled in, you know? So what, w- what would you say were some of those for you? Um, you know, it was kind of like a gradual progression, I would say. So I, I can't think of one like gateway piece. Um, you know, I started out with Seiko's and, and so little bit of my personal background but my wife and I dated long distance for a long time so that okay that period of time until she bought me the watch you know I started collecting and going through it was actually kind of nice because I had some less expensive watches and kind of got to learn what I liked and things like that so I went through you know a ton of different Seikos and just kind of experimenting trying different stuff and, and seeing what I liked so um, I don't know if there was like one piece I would say that that really hooked me in, I guess. Um, but uh, for anyone that's curious, anyway, the Planet Ocean Chronograph is what ended up being the, the wedding watch that we finally oh nice that we finally got. So um, and uh, actually, the cool part was at our wedding, uh, she had like a little groom's cake made that was the red Omega box with like a little watch inside it with a like fondant on it and stuff. That's she very had one cool. of her friends make, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Which uh, which uh planet ocean uh color variant did you go with oh just the black uh it looks killer on that strap too I yeah say. i don't know yeah, what it is black something about black either black white or like the panda reverse panda look insane on that pink strap like i don't know what it I is know. a lot of people recently have just been tagging both of us in a lot of like panda colorways and i'm like damn this looks so good it does yeah, yeah. i guess because it's just the, the the neon pink against really dull colors i guess it makes perfect sense a lot of contrast a lot of different um you know you get major color versus either no color or completely you know white or something but yeah i'm just yeah, like, i'm really um, liking it i'm really liking Spence it Spence from whiskey and watches posted that seiko the other day on it that thing looked pretty pretty killer on yeah there. he's got he's got the srq i can't remember the numbers but it's the re-edition nine yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the 029, but I think it's the, it's a re-edition of or a modern interpretation of the 6138 Panda. And so it's a it's a three register instead of two and stuff, but it's it's got kind of the similar look, similar coloration, and it, it looks killer on it. I gotta say, and I, I you know, again, I think that's kind of just uh again, kudos to you as to how it came out because we had discussed the design for it. And I was kind of like, I guess we'll see how this goes. But when it I remember when I got mine, I was like, this is actually quite badass. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I get, you know, a lot of random people asking me about them and stuff when I wear them. Yeah. My, uh, one of my bosses is actually kind of a jerk and was like, kind of like mocked me for He's like, what's up with that? And I was like, dude, breast cancer awareness. And he was like, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> he kind of like tail between the leg that on me. Like he was, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was looking to ding me. And then he was like, Oh, I'm a jerk. And I was like, well, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what would you say, I mean, I guess it might have to do with your engineering background, but what, what made you want to jump into a business within sort of a passionate hobby that you're involved in? Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, so I have a couple friends that 
started their own businesses. It's, it's not anything related to watches, but you know, they kind of inspired me, I guess I saw what they were doing and, and it, I was really interested in the idea of kind of, uh, cause I've worked for a, a large company for, you know, my whole life since college, basically. And I like the idea of kind of trying something, something entrepreneurial and, yeah. and something that I can kind of control and, and run myself. And, you know, I, I kind of heard the advice from a few people of, you know, if you're going to start a business, it should be something you're passionate about because otherwise you're not going to maybe be motivated so much to continue wanting to work on it. And also, you know, I've found in retrospect that having some knowledge and kind of involvement in the community really helps too, when people are looking for advice or questions about what they want to buy and things like that. Um, you know, if it wasn't something I was really interested in, I couldn't really give people good advice or pick out products that I think, you know, would, would sell well and things like that. And, I guess that um, makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. And, but then kind of the other thing, you know, w- when you hear a lot of like a uh, watch company, micro brands and stuff that I've heard on podcasts, they talk about, you know, the side benefit or the unexpected thing that kind of happens when you do something like this is you, you meet a lot of people in the community and kind of, I, I, when I'm into a hobby, I really like being involved in the community and stuff like that. So, sure. you know, I've met a lot of people. I mean, I'm on this podcast with you now and kind of people that you meet through social media and stuff like that. It's, it's been fun to kind of, you know, interact with people in that way. Yeah. And it's kind of neat, like the, the different places you end up, like the different people you wind up meeting or even, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, access to the information you do, but I'm sure there've been people who've like either bought or tagged you in something and you're like, Oh, this is sick. Like this person is wearing my product. Like, this is pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking the other day, Joe Rogan randomly started following. Yeah, me, that was... I don't know where that came <laughs> from, but um, yeah, I've seen a couple other, you know, people in the watch community that are pretty well known, you know, especially I think since we got the pink straps going as well, I think a lot of people have been interested in picking those up and kind of sharing the photos and stuff. So that's been pretty fun. Yeah, that's definitely pretty cool. Um, you know, it's funny, whenever you get involved in something that you're very either passionate about, or you you have a real liking to, I feel like it's very 50 50, like either it's going to be like, it's going to either enhance your experience, or it's going to completely like diminish it. Like I know a lot of people who in my line of work are like, Oh, well, I, I hate to cook outside of work, because that's all I do. And I'm like, just completely desensitized to it. That hasn't happened to me. But I know plenty of people who are like, oh, I can't stand this crap anymore. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like it's either one or the other. Like, you're either going to be like, this is going to completely like make for a surreal experience where I'm going to be so like just involved or it's going to be like, oh, man, I can't stand this community anymore. But I'm glad it, yeah, I'm glad it turned out well for you. you know, yeah. You know? Yeah. That part's been pretty cool. Uh, the only uh, maybe slight negative I would say towards my hobby is, is now when I'm looking at watches to buy, I'm like, Oh, is that one going to be one that's going to look good in photos on my website? Or is that uh-huh. one that, that a bunch of my straps are going to fit or something like that? So I'm kind of, you know, whereas before I was just kind of picking only purely based on what I was interested in. So it's kind of skewed it a little bit, but uh, you know, it's still been fun and I kind of have a little bit more of an excuse now, maybe, Oh, oh I need this new watch. Cause I gotta, you know, take photos. that will match with these new straps that I got or something like that. So. And you mentioned your website and while we're here, let's give it a plug strapHabit.com. Yeah. Uh, strapHabit.com. <laughs> but you you have a website and it also has a blog attached to it. 
and some neat little projects. Like I know you have the one with the planet ocean. You're talking about building your, is it building your perfect planet ocean? Is that it? Oh, no, that was with the Cassio I was talking about. I think uh, the planet ocean I had uh, restored though. Recently, that was the, it. it was the wedding rush. Yeah, ocean. yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know there was two, you were building something, you were restoring something, but I, I keep up. And uh, so how's that going? How's that uh, kind of working out for you? Yeah, the blog's been fun, actually. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I didn't originally plan to have a blog on the site, um, but, you know, basically as a little bit of background, like years ago, I would sometimes I'd review watches on watch forums just for fun, basically, like before I started doing this business. And and um, right shortly after I started Strap Habit, um, somebody reached out to me from watchcharts.com and told me they were starting to build up a blog and asked me if I could write for their blog. So I, I started doing that. And then I thought, you know, it'd be cool for me to put a blog on my own site as well. So so I started doing that on there as well. And it's kind of, I mean, it does drive some traffic to the website and kind of gets more people interested in it, but it's just something that's fun that I enjoy as well. So if I, you know, if I get my hands on a new watch that I bought or um, like I posted a JLC article this week, which just my friend from college was visiting me and had this sick watch. So I was like, dude, I got to borrow that and take a couple of pictures of it and, you know, wrote an article of it just kind of for fun. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of another piece on the site, I guess, for people to look at. And if, you know, I'll, I'll throw a couple of my straps on the, on the watches and the photos as well, because maybe somebody has that watch and they want to see some options of what it's going to look like. So that's cool. A little pet project, but I think it also maybe speaks to people. You know, I think a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of people, but I think there are always people within hobby spaces that see it as a potential way to make money. And at least I think this at least speaks to people and says, Hey, I'm not just here to profit off you. Like I'm one of the gang. Yeah. Yeah. I, that wasn't the goal coming. I didn't think, think about that coming out, but I, I think that is true. And I, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I try to, I try to, um, you know, project that on social media and interacting with people as well. Like I get really excited if somebody has a cool watch and puts a picture of one of my straps on it on Instagram or something like that. I, you know, that's definitely something I'm really into. Yeah. I think those are two things that like resonate with, especially people in this space, because I think obviously a lot of money changes hands in this space. And there's a lot of, um, you know, people when they're buying watches, there's a lot of scrutiny and there's a lot of like, even especially obviously Rolex is a tremendously popular brand and there's always, always this real, like you get a lot of that on the forums. Do you think this is real? Do you think this has been altered or whatever? I think integrity, transparency, you know, just being genuine. I think that speaks volumes within this, within this hobby. I think a lot of it is people are used to a lot of marketing from every which way brands, blogs, whatever. And so when they meet people who are sort of just, themselves i think it's kind of it, it kind of sticks with them and it kind of resonates so i think that's a good look on your part oh yeah thanks a lot yeah and i i mean I, you know i can't comment on myself i guess but I, I feel the same way like when i see other brands and stuff like you you know you'll hear certain people from a watch brand or whatever on a podcast and you can tell like this guy's into it and it definitely makes me more interested in that brand so i, I totally agree with what you're saying yeah i get that i totally get that because you could tell either if they're just like a marketing person or they're a watch person, like in their position, you know, yeah. cause obviously these companies are businesses. They have people 
who they hire from outside of the industry to come in because they're very good at what they do. And mm -hmm. then they have watch people who know kind of the landscape and can help from that angle. So you're going to get kind of a mixed bag. And when you get somebody who is like so well-versed and you're like, wow, this is, I, this could be like a conversation I have with anybody. Like this is, it, it really does draw you in. So I, I totally get that. Yeah. So uh, as a small business owner, um, what do you, what would you say is, have been the biggest challenges so far sort of from getting off the ground to, you know, really getting yourself out there, what do you think has been sort of your biggest hurdles? Um, yeah, I mean, get, you know, getting traction at the start is probably the hardest part. Um, you, you know, you start doing a business and, you know, it, at least in my case, like it doesn't take off right away. So you're like, you're like, am I wasting my money and my time here? Yeah. And, and it kind of starts growing. And, and basically you kind of, at least for me, have these little small successes along the way and, and kind of just see, okay, it's trending in the right direction. I, you know, I want to keep, keep putting my focus and, and keep working on this. So it's really, I can't, can't think of any like one really big hurdle or anything. It's just kind of small hurdles that keep coming along the way. And, you know, I don't have any, any business experience originally. So I'm just kind of learning how to do all this as I go along, I guess. So, you know, some problem will come up and I got to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. I'm sure, like uh, I'm sure so. the entire, uh, 2020 supply chain situation wasn't too kind on anybody's business but uh yeah yeah it wasn't too bad for me the one lucky thing uh for me is that watch straps are really small yeah so like you can ship a lot of watch straps in a box by air so i didn't have as much of the like like sea shipping yeah. issues or things that i think other people did so um you know and and when pandemic was first i mean i so i started this company in 2019 so I wasn't selling nearly, you know, the volume that I am now when it, when things were like really locked down. So it, it didn't actually uh, slow me down too much. And, and I, and I, you know, I've had people ask me like how the pandemic affected your business. And I can't really say, cause it was so new at the time, but you know, I, I wonder sometimes if it helped me that so many people are at home yeah. getting bored and, you know, watch strap is not super expensive. So even if you're, you know, having a little financial trouble of, you know, staying home from work or whatever, it's, you know, it's kind of like an inexpensive way to have a little fun. So I, you know, I wonder if it, I'm, yeah, I guess I can't really say. Yeah. And I mean, everybody talked about sort of the watch boom might've come from everybody who didn't travel, who didn't have all these other expenses commuting and everything. They're like, well, I have expendable income. I'll get a watch. You're going to need new straps for those watches. Right. So, yeah. 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 Maybe you got a little boon there. Um, yeah. That, and then the, uh, the algorithm, I guess is always the challenge, right? You never, uh, Hard to beat that Instagram algorithm. I, I don't think anybody's figured it out, but I've, I've seen people try. It's uh... Yeah, I, I haven't really tried. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I would say it's it's becoming more now, but, you know, not a huge amount of my, I think, traffic comes from Instagram. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, right now I just kind of post what I think is fun on there and whatever I'm doing, basically, you know, the watch I'm wearing today or the latest one that I'm reviewing or the new straps that I have. So I don't have a... I don't really have an Instagram strategy right now, I guess, to try to try to, you know, figure out some algorithm or something like that. Yeah. And I always, I always wonder, I mean, I know people who have sort of gone out on their own and done business and stuff. And I always like to hear the kind of stories they have. Um, <laughs> do you have any, uh, any, I guess, funny stories from either uh, customer service or customers or supply chains or what have you? Um, yeah, actually I had one, 
I just thought of it the other day because you posted that meme about uh, SpongeBob checking the tracking number three three minutes after uh, his uh, you know shipment go or yeah. three minutes after he orders or whatever. And and uh, I had a thing I think it was last summer maybe where I had to ask a question to the mailman and I I distracted him and all the straps for that day he shipped he he scanned them in as delivered instead of received oh no. and like within like a couple hours my email was like blown up and you know it's one of two people most people are just like hey i saw this it's kind of weird i want to know what's going on but there's like a certain percentage of people that just believe they're getting ripped off as soon as something weird happens they they're getting ripped sure. off and they're gonna let they come out of the gate strong and you know usually i can kind of calm people down pretty quickly in an email just just to answer politely what's going on but you know so that took and, and then the other problem was because they were scanned as delivered none of those tracking numbers got updated anymore so so i kind of had to just wait until they got delivered and hope people would trust me you know um so that's one story and then actually i had a funny story uh just yesterday i had to go to the bank and and do something and this lady's like so wait so what's your business and I was like, uh, you know, I sell straps for watches and, and she's like, oh, so it's like Apple watches. And I'm like, I'm like, no, no, just for like a regular watch. I held it, you know, a regular watch like this. I held my wrist up and then the guy in the next booth, he's like, wait, so it turns a regular watch into an Apple watch. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, just for a regular watch. And, and, you know, so we finished up our transaction and I left and the guy's like, okay, well, good luck with your business. And I walked out, you could tell they. You're like yeah. this guy. Get a load of him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's funny. Uh, when I've I've shipped like uh, you know, I've done uh, some promotional giveaways and stuff with people who've done like the like the Brody Incubators and stuff. And so like I've sent them out to people. And when the person asks me, they're like, "What's in the the shipment?" And I'm like, "It's a fabric strap." And they're like, "What do you mean fabric strap?" I'm like, "It's for a watch like this one." And they're like, they just stare at me and they're like, "Okay." like three bucks i'm like all right thanks and i just like walk <laughs> yeah, out yeah. I'm like all right well <laughs> there are weirder things that people ship so right <laughs> but um <laughs> uh so obviously being a business owner in this space there are i guess nowadays a pretty decent amount of strap companies that range from i guess inexpensive to expensive um so how do you sort of differentiate and try to be like competitive, I guess, in this landscape. Yeah. I mean, you know, the number one thing, which I just kind of, I just kind of offer stuff that I think is cool. And it seems like, you know, that seems to resonate. Other people seems to think it's cool, you know, but the thing that I'm trying to focus on, you know, now that, now that I kind of have some traction and I know that, you know, I can actually sell some watch straps. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look for things where there's maybe, no one else is offering something like this or it's something that I see people looking for that they can't find. And, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to continue to kind of push for stuff like that. That's a little bit more unique or just fun. Um, or sometimes it's just something that I want to do and I'm not even sure if people are going to buy it. Like I, you know, just this week I released these full glow in the dark elastic straps. I saw those like full loom. And, and I was like, I don't even know if people want to buy these or not, but I just think it's cool. And, and some guy today, he posted a picture of it was an Omega, I think like an X33, one of those backlit uh, 
digital ones and the, the green the screen was glowing green and the strap was glowing green it was pretty cool so i was like okay at least so like one guy took a pretty cool picture with these you know so just like i said just trying to do stuff that i think is fun and looks cool and that that i would want to wear yeah I'm i trying also to i did you know, see that we, photo we, Oh, okay. That yeah. Was, no, it was really sick. Like the the indices are glow. I mean, not the indices. The uh, I feel like the maybe the bezel something in it is glowing. The bezel. Green on the watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this contrast is insane. Like it's it's dark in the photo, but it's very vivid. It is really really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying also to do more of the odd sizes too, because I mean you just see more and more of these watch companies you just mentioned earlier are coming out with these odd sizes. So, um, you know, I did it with the pink straps and and the sailcloth straps. You know, that was one of those examples where the 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 tooling existed for the standard sizes, but now that I'm uh, have a little bit more, I guess, to work with, I was able to have some some tooling made to do those other sizes. And I'm you know I'm hoping to continue that way and kind of support those people with the the odd sizes that maybe don't have as many options, things like that. So. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great move. I mean, I know a lot of the vintage market are in odd sizes. I know a lot of vintage Seiko, 19 millimeters, a lot of even vintage Rolex, 19 millimeters. I know I was stoked because I have the Grand Seiko spring with 21 millimeter spring bars. And I was like, oh my God, like the, of all the watches I want to see on a pink strap, this is the one. And obviously it has to be the stupidest length ever, but you know, <laughs> now that void has been filled. So I'm yeah, yeah. about that. But uh, yeah, no, I th but I think it's cool. You know, you keep obviously keeping up with the stuff like the quick release uh, spring bars, which is really nice. And also, I mean, as strange as it sounds, I know sailcloth, sailcloth has been out here, but I don't think that many people were familiar with it. Like when I kind of got it in people's hands, they were like, I never dealt with this material before, but it's pretty sick. Like I know I, the first time I tried it, I, I kind of just went on a limb and I was like, I don't know what sailcloth is, but I'll. I'll check it out. And then I was like, oh, this is a neat material. Like, obviously not for every watch, but I think it's got its place. And then when we were talking about how we want to do it, it's like, well, do you go leather? I don't know how pink leather is going to look. Uh, NATO, I, you know, there's tons of NATO. Everybody got a million NATOs and, you know, not everybody likes to wear watches on NATOs. It's like, sailcloth, that's an interesting prospect. And now, you know, like I said, a lot of people I know are like, this is actually sick. Like, you know, I always talk about my friend who has the, the Zen EZM and he's like, this black sailcloth is like, I don't need any other straps. And I was like, well, here we go. Like turning people on to new stuff. I think that's, that kind of, I don't want to say pushes the boundaries, but I, I think getting things in people's hands that they haven't experienced before sort of opens them up, not even for your own sales, but just watch strap, I guess, sales in general kind of helps out everybody along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And no, I, I think too, it was fun. Um, you know, I was trying to get the, all the pink to be one color, but actually I, I think um, the, that darker pink leather that was available for that reinforcement, I think it gives kind of a cool contrast to it. So, I, you know, I was pretty yeah, happy if you would have told me you did that on purpose, I would have believed you hundred percent. I thought that was like completely intended. I didn't know if they were supposed to match or if I was like, this is a neat accent. Like it gives you, you have pink on pink and then obviously whatever the color watches, which is usually not pink. So you had a few yeah. different shades in there. No, it was definitely a, even if that was an accident, it was a happy accident. <laughs> Um, I know we were talking about a little bit about social media, but, uh, and I know obviously as a business owner on social media, it gets interesting because you get people who buy your stuff. Some people want to talk about how great it is. Other people, you know, you get people who can never be pleased. Um, is social media, you think that's sort of a blessing or a, a curse for sort of independent entrepreneurs? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had too many problems with um, my customers or anything like that, like you mentioned. So I, I think it's mostly been good. I mean, like I said, it's it's for me, it's kind of um, without social media, a lot of times, like I'll send out products and I don't know where they go or who they're going to and don't don't really hear anything. So it's kind of fun to get that feedback of, oh, I got this and I like it. And here's a cool picture of it, you know, or or you hear this story is about like, oh, I, I didn't even wear this watch anymore. And now I put this new strap and now I love it again. Um, so, you know, I kind of like hearing that stuff. I, you know, I haven't had, uh, you know, too many negative interactions with people really at all. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say, like for myself, it's kind of uh, like people, people spend too much time on social media a lot of the time. And now I kind of have, I, I kind of have this feeling like, oh, it's for the business. I'm doing it for the business. And I'll end up like scrolling through a bunch of wrist shots for a bunch of time and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, otherwise I haven't had too many negative experiences really. Yeah. You should try uh, running a meme account and then explain, trying to explain that to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're on your phone a lot. I'm like, I kind of have to be at this point. <laughs> like, I don't really have a better ex- excuse for it. I'm like, she knows about it. She sees it. She, you know, she gets it, but I'm like, ah, I'm like, I kind of have to do some work to get the creative process going and post stuff. And like, it has to be like, it has to be to a certain standard. I can't just put out garbage and be like, Oh, this is going to be great. Like, obviously I, I have a, a bit of a standard that I've upheld so far. So like trying to sc- scroll through like memes that I can make into funny things all day, like, Sometimes it gets a little, I'm like, oh my God, I have to put this down and walk away. (laughs) It gets a little excessive. I can imagine being a business owner that, you know, hinges dollars and cents on that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't know. Blessing, curse, but. (laughs) It's funny what you were just saying about explaining it to your wife, um, trying to explain this whole deal, you know, the breast cancer thing, because, you know, probably some of the listeners know my mom's going through that right now. She just actually just finished her last round of chemo last week and uh trying to explain to her all of this she's like wait so what's bro dinky are you bro dinky or is that no your strap habit right what does he do again who's this guy like just trying to explain what a watch meme account is to your mom it's kind of funny yeah yeah and i i admit i i remember i had mentioned before that it was obviously a, a personal cause to you as well but uh i obviously I'm not, it's my, not my place to share those details, but obviously we all wish her the best. And, yeah. um, you know, people, again, I think they, knowing that they can get uh, just a, a good feeling about helping out and everything that, you know, we're not just in this for uh, recognition or anything, but that yeah. we have, you know, there are real people that we care about. I know my, myself, I have family members, multiple that have gone through rounds of chemo, mastectomies and things like that. And that, you know, obviously you have your own situation, but, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this for the right reasons and not necessarily for, uh, for the applause, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, the whole thing has really been a win for everybody. Cause I mean, even the people who donate, they get something to show for it, you know, right. and, and you hear stories of people like, I, I think, um, people who have a loved one that's gone through it, you know, it's kind of like a little reminder on your wrist of like, Oh, I did something to help out this person that I care about or love or whatever. So everybody that participates kind of gets, gets something to kind of give them a, a reminder, or, you know, that good feeling, I guess. You know, I never really thought about that, but that's probably honestly the best reason to buy one of these now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, even uh, you know, 
Schmidt was talking about because he he loves him and even a lot of his friends have bought him. And he's like, you don't get a lot of things where you make a donation and you get something in return. Not that you expect something in return, but like what a awesome perk to not only am I helping a good, a good cause, but I get something that I probably wouldn't have bought in the first place. Like, I don't know if everybody is out there trying to seek out a neon pink strap, but I think now that they're here and people are like, it's also helping a good cause. And this might be a cool opportunity to get something I wouldn't have picked up. Like now they're into it. So I think that's kind of how it caught fire is I think there's like multiple levels of things that play here. And they're just like, all right, like, why not at this point? Again, 25 bucks, especially in this game where people are spending five figures on a watch where people are spending $200 on a, you know, fancy custom leather strap. Not that it's a drop in the bucket, but you know, there's worse investments in the watch world, right? I mean, you could be buying those stickers or the, what is that new cover? I saw people, there's an ad with a <laughs> oh, master yeah. with like a cover on it. Yeah. I get it. You want to preserve your watch and they go up in value and that's cool. But I mean, I, you know, the ones that skyrocket in value like that, unless they're chewed up, they hold their value pretty well, regardless. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. So I don't know, but, the, but yeah, I think you, you made a, a bunch of very valid points as to why people should be into this. And you know, if they're not, that's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not out here to, to guilt people in anything, but you know, I I'm super stoked that that many people have gotten on board and, uh, Really excited. I get, I get, I get DMs all the time. Hey, when are they coming back at sock? I'm like soon, man, soon. And I, I know you had said either first or second week of October we're looking at. Yeah. I think that's probably about where we'll be. Yeah. If everything I know. Goes. I know things yeah. are, things get a little unpredictable as far as, you know, production and shipping are concerned, but you heard it here. We're going to get them back in October. Keep your ear to the ground. Cause this is the last one. I know we're getting, what'd you say? A hundred twenties and 50, 22s. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And just, uh, if anybody wants an 18, they're getting pretty low on the 18. So. All right. You heard it here, folks. So uh, keep an eye out. And if you're looking for one, grab it now because they're not coming back <laughs> at least anytime soon. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, what a, again, what an amazing effort. It, and it's, it's been funny to, it's been funny and a funny experience for me because the person I'm in contact with, he's actually, somewhat of a watch guy he has like a tag he has like a luminox he's not a watch community person but he likes watches he he's told me where he's tried to like imprint it on his sons and he's and they just don't get it they're like but dad we have stuff that tells the time and he's like yeah but it's he's like it's about the look he's like it's about it he's like it, it, when i was growing up having a watch meant something and you know obviously it doesn't translate over super well now but it's been funny where he's been like this is a thing like this is there's a community involved. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and you're selling straps. I'm like, yeah, with, with a guy I'm working with. He's like, and people are buying these up. I'm like, yes. And he's like, this is weird. <laughs> he's like, but it's, it's turning out great. It, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I got to say from my own end. I mean, I, I'm sure it's been, it's been fun from your end as well, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's been really fun. I'm just glad we didn't end up stuck with uh, you know, a hundred of these at the end or something like that. I'm, you know, Definitely, definitely. Um, so speaking of watches and being a watch guy, um, what is a guy who has access to a ton of sweet strap options keeping his collection? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I'd say uh, I kind of like stuff that's like a little bit off the bean path, but not not super uh, crazy, I guess. So, you know, I mentioned I have the Planet Ocean Chronograph. Um, another watch that I wear all the time is my uh, Sin U1S, which is the all blacked out one. So that one's just a fun 
kind of weekend watch to throw on or something like that. I I try to, um, I like to have variety in my collection so that I have something to wear kind of for any, any kind of situation that I might find myself in. Um, so yeah, I have a, uh, a vintage Hoyer Octavia also that I really like to wear. That's the one in the pictures. Then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a killer wash. People oh, comment thanks. just that. They're like, that, that Hoyer is awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was one. Uh, I bought that, uh, when we found out we were going to have my son and I, you know, I sold a bunch of watches. I figured like, Oh, maybe now I better buy this. And, and I saw they were going up in price. So yeah. I don't really buy watches as investments, but I was more afraid. Like if I don't buy one now, maybe I won't be able to. So you missed the boat. Yeah. So, um, so that's been a fun one to wear as well. And then you, we were joking kind of on Instagram about the prospects LX the other day. <laughs> Dude, I can't win with you. I, I wound up bagging like however many watches you own. And I'm like, Oh, I was like, did you like, damn it? You got me again. I'm like, Oh, and then, like, I feel bad. Obviously. <laughs> I don't I take it. I take it with a, as a joke. I know you're, I know it's no, no. funny. But uh, yeah, so you have that sort of Batman Prospects LX, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, generally, you know, I try to look for stuff that's a little bit out of the mainstream, but just kind of stuff that's fun to wear. And, and really, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've bought and sold a ton of watches right now. So really, kind of when I look at a new watch to wear, I'm, I'm trying to find stuff that has something, some experience that I haven't had before. So maybe a brand that I haven't owned or, or a new kind of movement that I haven't owned or, or a case material material or some some sure. kind of construction or something that's unique just I, I just want to kind of experience different things and kind of expand my my knowledge and experience about what's out there I guess um, but you were talking about social media earlier and I was just thinking about this today you know you probably have some friends or some people that you know on social media that they always buy kind of whatever the hot thing is yes you know and and i'm almost kind of the opposite of that where if something's the hot thing i'm like like oh i don't want to buy that watch like everybody wears that i want to get something different and i was thinking about it and i was like but that's not instagram that's actually not in real life like yes like i don't actually see people in real life wearing these watches i don't know one person that owns that watch and i'm not buying it because a bunch of people on instagram owning it so it's almost kind of I, I need to get over that the other way and maybe maybe try some mainstream things a little bit more once in a while yeah it's funny i bounce back and forth with that too like i i know when things are super hot i'm like eh. and i don't know if that's just because i'm like well there's going to be a ton of these bought now and there'll be a ton of them sold so i'll have plenty of opportunity to grab one at a later date when people fall out of love with them that's a good point. but but i i think i'm with you i think i'm just like i don't want to be the one buying the hotness for the sake of having hotness and then not liking it or not keeping it long-term. Cause I mean, again, these aren't small sums of money often. So like sometimes it just feels a little irresponsible. Like that's why I, as much as I enjoy a lot about Tudor, I never hopped on a 58, the 58 blue, things like that, because I just, I never wanted to, a, com- I don't really like competing for watches when I feel like I have oh, to, yeah. I have to like edge somebody else out to buy one that kind of irks me. But also the same thing you were talking about. Like, I don't know if I just want, I don't know if I want to grab the hotness, not even for, you know, not even for the fact that I I think, oh, I'm going to look like a sheep posting the same watch as everybody else on Instagram. It's just that I don't want to be sort of goaded into making that purchase and then being like, wait, did I buy this for me? Or, you know, that's kind of a sinking feeling that I I don't really enjoy. Yeah. 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 I totally get it. But I know you're talking about the, uh, the Zen. Actually, I just, 
I guess not recently, but I, I had to lay the money down in March, but I picked up the Zin U50, like sort of all blacked out with the blue dial. Did I oh, toss it on? Nice. This is your strap, the blue tropic, bro. Oh, that looks Things killer on this. on this. Like for oh, those who like don't perfect know, match. Yeah, it's like an all blacked out. Yeah, dude, that looks killer. And I like I said, my friend has the the easy M and he loves it on the black sail cloth. But uh for those who don't know, this is I'll I'll put up a picture of it. It's a it's a Zin U50 but it's a completely black coated case and it has a sort of blue gradient dial that is very vivid sort of Navy inside and then fades to black outside. And then it obviously has the sort of hyper white uh, Zin motif for all the accents, the hands, and it has sort of the cool patterning on the second hand and the, the what do they call them? The Lego hands. Yeah. So yeah. You get neat contrast, you know, it looks really cool with the loom, but uh, a while back when we were, when he, he sent me the, the pink straps he also threw, was kind enough to include a couple tropics because i was on a big tropic kick for the summer and it just so happened i kind of paired it one day and i was like well this is perfect like the shade of blue is absolutely yeah, nuts on there, on there. It, it's nuts so i'll definitely i'll uh, try to snap a snazzy picture so you can uh, feature it if you wanted to but when you said oh i got my zen i was like oh i'm wearing it right now this is awesome <laughs> um so i guess going forward you know now that you're kind of established right you're you're a bit of a household name what do you think your goals are i guess not only for the brand but i guess for yourself sort of going forward for myself that's a good question uh, yeah i mean right now i'm just kind of taking it as it goes and you know i'm just trying to do something every day to kind of move the brand forward or improve it or you know like i said bringing bringing interesting products out that i think maybe there's a lack of or people are looking for or stuff like that so um I kind of just taking it one day at a time and just see where it takes me. And uh, what would you say uh, as far as uh, anything new or exciting in the pipeline coming that we should know about? I know you were talking about the elastic sort of loomed glow in the dark straps. Anything uh, we should keep our eye out for? Uh, I got a couple of things I'm working on. Um, I've had a couple of products I've tried to release that didn't work out. So I don't want to, I don't want to say uh, uh-huh. a couple of things I don't want to say yet. Just, just, I don't want to get people's hopes up, but um, when, one thing I'll say when the pink straps come in, I'm doing another round of a couple other fun colors, which, uh, you know, the ones I have now are kind of kind of more like military style or kind of your more traditional like tool watch colors. And I want to do some other fun colors. So I, I talked to uh, um, Sam and her watch box and also my wife just oh, to yeah, kind of get great. some. Yeah. Yeah. Just to I, I just to try to get some. Uh, some colors that are a little bit more fun or that'll be a little bit more of a, a appeal to different kinds of people and stuff like that. So, so I'll have those uh, when the pink ones come in and then have a couple other cool things that I'll hope will be coming in the months after that. So. Very, very cool. And, you know, I think obviously that's always kind of the, the traditional move is to go with your blacks, blues, olive drab, all that. But I think now, and maybe part of it was due to the, sort of the social media watch boom from the pandemic is the color is just all the rage, right? I mean, look, even Rolex went ahead and made every color oyster perpetual under the sun, right? All sorts of bright colors, right? Things you never see in watches and everybody sort of got on board and went and lockstep with that. Omega put out stuff. I mean, heck even Zinn put out five, five, sixes in pastel. Like who would have ever thought a company like Zinn would do that? Yeah. You know, so I think now more than ever, like the, the broadening of the color spectrum has really spilled over into watches. And I think it, if any time, now's the time to take advantage of that, not only from a 
you know, uh, perspective of profit, but also just to expand your lines. I mean, if you're going to work, obviously the pink has been cool. It's definitely different. Well, what else can we do? You know, it's, it's definitely a good move on your part. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun. And, uh, you know, I think another thing, you know, I think for, for a number of years, we've been kind of in this, this uh, vintage inspired phase where, where a lot of the new watches, everything is kind of a remake of some vintage watch from the company yes. or, or, or inspired by vintage. And, and I think now you're starting to see companies are kind of going back to more modern stuff. And I think that's where some of these new colors come in as well. Like people are, are doing these kind of bright modern colors and stuff. So. Yeah. It's funny you say that actually. Um, I just jokingly um, reposted a meme from this week last year and it was, it was this stupid uh, Drake meme where he's, you know, one picture, he's like pushing something away. The other one is pointing. And it's oh, yeah. Do buy watch week. And then the next one says, do buy watch week. Oh, like, yeah. I saw I'm going to buy one. <laughs> yeah. But like someone responded to that and they're like, jokingly with the like the funny face, they're like, but everything is derivative or a remake. And I was like, but you're kind of right. Like that has been, I mean, even the Benris we talked about, it was, it's a, it's yeah. a callback. And, not that that's bad. Obviously, there's a lot of great models, which were the reason that these companies were successful in the first place and that people can't get their hands on because they're super expensive. And for the hardcore collectors, obviously, if you are really big in one brand and you don't have mega cash to go after those, this is like an awesome alternative, like Seiko brought back the Willards and things like that. You know, great. Um, but in the same breath, like you were saying, it's nice to see some innovation. I mean, obviously not on the complication spectrum or things like that, but, you know, and improved time telling is nice. Like I enjoy an accurate watch. Not that, again, any of us necessarily need that because most watches today are pretty accurate by relative standards. And most people who wear a watch still use their phone, which, eh, you know, here and there. Um, but it's nice to see some design innovation. It's nice to see when brands sort of take things upon themselves to, I guess, be themselves where you're getting sort of a brand identity and it's not, oh, Rolex made all these colors. Let's make all these colors because this is a trend, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm totally, totally with you on that. Yeah, And, and you know, and I, I always get kind of, I guess this is sort of that social media blessing and a curse thing is I always get, no matter what I say or no matter, and I, I think it's anybody, whatever you put out there, there's always going to be people who sort of nod with you and people who will clash against you no matter what. Right. And, and I think people have told me similar to that. They're like, well, if they don't, if trends aren't invented by the brands, then nobody's gonna, it's not going to push sales. It's not going to push people to buy things. I'm like, I guess, I guess that's kind of a valid point, but you know, it's I, yeah. I do appreciate when a brand will make sort of new things, even if it's just new for them, like it's just a new look for their line, not necessarily for everybody. Like, I appreciate that a little bit. Yeah, no, I do, too. I think um, you're starting to see it from some brands more and more because, yeah, like you were saying, as far as accuracy, like how, how accurate can you make a watch? I mean, you're seeing maybe power reserves are coming up, which is maybe, you know, a useful improvement i guess but as far as yeah modern designs and stuff I'm, I'm, i definitely enjoy seeing that kind of stuff yeah and i think i guess that's what people really love the micros for like i i i have an appreciation for micros i only really probably own maybe one or two like i have that autodromo 
and like i don't know if you count like like nevada was like a heritage brand that got like kind of revived i don't know if that's a micro now but like i don't have a ton of micro brand watches but i could see the appeal in that at least somebody else is doing something different you know yeah yeah for sure but i guess i guess that probably comes full full circle i mean i i can't imagine again i, I don't know what the the bounds are to stretch as far as watch straps go but i have to imagine at some point you're like what can i do differently that other people either aren't doing or nobody's done in a while or you know you see these some people come up with this crazy technology for things but that's sort of above and beyond what i think even i'm talking about <laughs> yeah 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 just um just kind of always just trying to think of ideas and, and see what I think will look cool. I mean, even if it's just stuff like colors or sizes and things like that, or, or new style. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. I guess uh, other than that, anything else you, uh, you want to talk about on your, on your very own uh, Rusty's radio episode here tonight? Uh, no, I don't think so. We covered a lot of, a lot of ground there no we definitely did i was like my after a while i was like trying to keep track of like where we went with things and i was like damn we've actually touched on a lot of things tonight i mean i know i know i speak pretty fast but like i was like wow <laughs> yeah yeah we did i don't know did you have any other stuff you want no, to ask that's me it. or cover or anything honestly i you know i was just obviously with schmidt out he's an encyclopedia and he could fill an hour by himself it's sometimes i just sit there and i just like kind of like openly with my like jaw open and listen to him talk because I guess like sort of like how like Jack Forrester kind of mesmerizes people. Sometimes he just starts talking about like vintage Omegas or like past references and things. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm part of the show too. Like I'm just, <laughs> like, I, I like don't yeah, interject. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm on the suit. But uh, no, what, what's his, uh, what's his deal? Or like, who, I don't really know much, obviously other than listening to him on the podcast. Is he like you're a friend of yours growing uh, up? So or he, somebody... no, he's a friend who I met through the channels of social media and we, got together when he came to town one time and we, we kind of hit it off and we kept in touch since. And one day when he was here, we were joking around we were drinking and we were just like, we should start a podcast. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And like, we were just talking back and forth and eventually like, all right, let's just do it. Screw it. Like, why not? Like, we'll see what happens. Not again, not that we're trying to like get anywhere with this. We just do this for fun. Like this is just yeah, a weekly, yeah. like, you know, I don't belong to a red bar or anything. He's always traveling for business. You know, he has watch business, um, sorry, watch industry sort of experience under his belt and things. So like he gives me neat little tidbits about like when I add, like I'll show him new models and be like, oh, so this actually came from so-and-so or this was originally based in this brand. And like, it, it's just fun to like be around, you know? I, I got to imagine it's like what, when like you're uh, like a new player in the league and you're talking to like an old coach who's been around and like played and was really good. And you're just like, I'm just going to take it all in and soak this up and, you know, hopefully this rubs off on me somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, it's just, it's cool. He's, you know, he's, he's become a really good friend and obviously from doing the podcast and things, we've gotten to know each other much more personally and everything, but it's just, uh, it's fun to sort of witness it from both sides. Like I get a little bit of that insight from the inside as well as the outside from his, uh, his prior experiences, both in sales and creative and everything. So that's, that's pretty neat. That's cool. And he's not in the industry now. No, he's sort of taken like an ancillary role of sorts. Um, but he's not necessarily uh, like knees deep as he like he used to be in the boutiques in sales and things. He's not, he's not really doing that anymore. So, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess for, aside from that, I, uh, I guess we could take this one out first and foremost. Um, Nick, thanks for joining me tonight. Obviously 
tough, you know, big f- shoes to fill, as I was just saying, but uh, it's been great to meet you. Obviously we've been working together for a minute, but getting to know somebody in the flesh, as opposed to through DM and through tagging people in photos, it's, it's, it's really nice to see the person behind. And it's, I think it's going to be nice to give people an idea sort of who, who they've been buying the pink straps from, you know? Yeah. So thanks yeah. for joining me. And uh, you know, I hope you've had fun. It's been fun for me. Obviously I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, speaking a mile a minute here, but, uh, you know, thank no, you for joining I, me and it, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Likewise. It was really fun. I've been, you know, listening to you talk for a long time and following you. So it was, it was good to really catch up and, and have a talk. And, uh, I'll also throw out there, I'm, I'm going to go to wind up New York, uh, just as a, so as I'll an see attendee, I guess. So I'll see you there and we'll, we'll meet up there. If anybody else wants to meet up, hit me up. And, uh, they can find you at straphabit.com. And is it strap habit one word on Instagram? Uh, strap underscore habit. Strap underscore habit. If you folks are looking and don't know what the heck I'm talking about. So if not, go there. Also, the uh, pink straps are pinned to my feed. If you click on my profile, it's the first picture. So if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, go there and sort of uh, get the lowdown and keep an eye out for the pink straps as they come back in. Uh, Once again, Nick, thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure. And for all you folks out there, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast. Peace.